No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Friday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on D-Live. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood today. I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling live. <laughs> this, this, this thing. Oh boy, this could be this could be monumental. This could be the day that we blow it all up. That's the kind of mood that I'm in. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to Patreon.com/slash Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to cancel your support of this show, then also go to patreon.com slash boogiebumper, which I suspect many of you may do today. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, follow me on Twitter. Uh, check us out, puresocialnetwork.com. Ladies and gentlemen, streaming live over there. Hello, Winning TV. Winning TV with a diamond. Thank you for joining us, sir. Tucker Hero, Tucker Hero, Tucker Trader, choose. Oh, we're going to give you the option today. We're going to give you the option. As you can tell by the title of today's show ladies and gentlemen which is a slight which is a very uh supercilious i don't know if that's the appropriate time to use that word or not like i said i'm in one of those moods it's a little slight reference to the simpsons so those of you who are simpsons freaks will pick it up instantly today before we begin today's sermon entitled what ned did (laughs) what tucker did oh yeah yeah we're gonna get into it because a lot of people I've really, a lot of people very angry with Tucker today. Very upset. Big smacks. Big smacks. Uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that can happen when we invest so emotionally, so heavily in people that we see on television or politicians or lawyers for that matter, which is a strange term to say the least. But we'll get into all of that. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> UK Neil with the diamond. Thank you, UK Neil. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. Uh, Tucker 2024, maybe. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Winning TV with a diamond. I enjoyed the anger today. So much love. Don't worry. Be, be patient, my boogers. Be patient. We've got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time to get into all of it, and we're going to go through it. But like I said, this is going to be one of those shows, I suspect... You know, this isn't my fucking first rodeo. This is, I suspect this is going to be one of those shows where a whole bunch of people who have been watching this show and listening to this podcast for a long time, like, hey, Boogs, I really like what you do. Thanks, man. That's great. But it's going to be one of those shows where a bunch of those people instantly turn and hate me. <laughs> and it's happened before. It's happened before because I've told you, like, I've done this before. I've seen this happen too many times. Where, you know, as long as you're 
as long as you're saying things that people agree with to a certain extent, then you're a great guy. You're honest. You're a truth teller. People love you. But then, you know, at the first sign that you break from like the accepted wisdom or you break from the accepted conversation points, all you instantly overnight become a traitor or a communist. And, oh, fuck this guy. He was playing us all along. It's like, no, but people are compl more complicated than that. Sometimes we're going to have disagreements. Sometimes. <laughs> Amberlina in the chat. Challenge accepted. We'll, we'll, we'll see how far we can push it. But we've got a lot of time to get into it, like I said. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Before we get to today's sermon entitled What Tucker Did, I do want to, as you know, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here, ladies and gentlemen. I like to keep you abreast of things, especially in regards to government lockdowns because as you know thank you for keeping me safe mr government thank you for keeping me safe we really love when governments keep us safe when they protect us from things dangerous things like uh, air for example handshakes they've got to go you know human basic human contact it's very dangerous out there i don't know if you know this or not people are being struck down on the reg <laughs> so in the great state of South Australia, creatively named South Australia, because it's in South of Australia, so let's call our state South Australia. In the great state of South Australia, we reported on it last week. Do you remember the video? I think it was Monday, actually. Do you remember the video that we played of corporate media here in Australia saying there's a, there's a potentially catastrophic outbreak in South Australia? Catastrophic. People, exactly, Jim N-word. People are dying. A potentially catastrophic outbreak. People are being struck down, right? Uh, after diving through the minutiae, we discovered that we were discussing three people. Three people. But this was apparently catalyst to an obvious, you know, undeniable super spreader event, which was about to take place. So the government of South Australia, thank you for keeping me safe, decided, hey, we're going to lock down everything. And... Uh, I always try to put myself in the in the position of like say a business owner or people that have to come up with contingencies, right? It's hard enough to run a business now. There's like so much regulation and all of that boring stuff. But on top of that, you have to contend with now in 2020. This is peak 2020, this show. This this first story I have for you will sum up 2020 in a nutshell perfectly. So not only do you have to do you have to, you know, worry about regulations and all that kind of thing, worker protections, very difficult to run a business to manage everything. But you also have to contend with now government at any point deciding, you know, hey, from midnight tonight, just letting you know from midnight tonight, you're not allowed to run your business. Oh, really? So that's basically the amount of time that businesses in South Australia had to prepare Hey, tell you what, we're a reasonable government here. We're a reasonable. We wouldn't ask you to do anything that you couldn't possibly do. So how about this? In about 16 hours, you have to close your doors for a week. They say a week, but let's be honest here. They said that lockdown would last a month, and here we are 10 months later. <laughs> 10 months later, they still say it. And I'm still amazed that I still get people coming up to me going, Boogie, shut up. It's only two weeks. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
like I said on Monday, I look at these people like they're adults who still believe in Santa Claus. What You're still doing the two weeks line? Jesus, man, it's been 10 months already. Where the hell do you get off? Just two more weeks and I swear everything will go back to normal. I mean, you're no different from the people who say communism is a great idea. It just It's never been tried properly. It'll work this time. This time, it'll definitely work. It'll be fine. Just two more weeks, guys. Follow the rules. <laughs> so the, the businesses in South Australia got told, you know, you've got about 16 hours notice. We're going to shut your doors. They said for six days, but really, who knows how long it's going to be. And then, ladies and gentlemen, after two days of this rushed lockdown in order to stop the imminent, the obviously imminent catastrophic super spreader event, which was going to kill, you know, an indeterminate amount of people. After two days of lockdown, it ended. It just stopped. Strange. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? Submit and comply like a good citizen. Exactly. But after two days of lockdown, all of a sudden, we got told that there is no more lockdown. And what the hell happened? Well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this story is peak 2020. It doesn't get any better than this. Have a listen to this. This is the reason why the South Australian government went into lockdown and then two days later decided to cancel the lockdown. You are, if you haven't, if you don't know this story yet, you are not going to fucking believe your ears. Peak 2020. It was all based on a lie. That's the stunning news delivered by our state's leaders today as they revealed South Australia's lockdown need never have happened. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Bombshell. Breaking bombshell. It was all based on a lie? What? Pray tell, corporate media personality. What exactly is this lie of which you speak? Tonight, some restrictions have been eased and the uh -huh. lockdown will be over by Sunday morning. Really? But already, so much damage has been done. Yeah. One worker at this Woodville pizza shop told one lie and it plunged our entire city and the whole state into lockdown. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, a little bit of context here. <laughs> Apparently, somebody who was working at this pizza shop, we are talking about one person in an entire state. One person who was working at this pizza bar said to contact tracers, the people who are, you know, bravely tracking the virus and its movements, <laughs> one person who worked at this pizza bar said that he purchased a pizza from this pizza bar. And apparently this pizza bar, it was discovered, had two people working there who had tested positive for COVID-19. He didn't tell them that he himself was working at the pizza bar for a part-time job. 
Now, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of confusion in the chat. Yes, you are right to be confused. Because here's the scoop. Here's the story. <laughs> and it's amazing to me that this is even a thing. Based on what one guy said, what one guy said to a government official who was trying to do contact tracing, based on what one guy said, the entire state got locked down. And then the fallout from this was everybody on social media and the media and the politicians and stuff, oh, this motherfucker, he lied, how dare he? And it's like, no, 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 this is your fault. This is your fault. Because maybe, just maybe, here's an idea, maybe, just maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but how about this? Maybe it's wrong to base a whole state, you know, a, a whole state's economic policy on the testimony of one person working in a pizza bar. Maybe that was a bad idea. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's a good idea as long as everybody tells the truth. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling like the government doesn't really know what they're doing? You know, I know they give a lot of press conferences where they say, you know, we trust the, we trust the science. We trust the scientists. Don't worry. We're ahead on this. We are going to... Kitty in the chat. That's rubbish, Boogie. <laughs> we're, ahead on, we're ahead on the curve in this one. We know exactly what we're doing. We have contingencies in place. We have the finest minds and the finest experts that government money can buy working on this thing around the clock. Don't worry your pretty little heads over it. We've got this under control. But that myth of control just comes to a... a sh it turns into a shattering, steaming mess on the floor. Because based on, because, based on the evidence of one guy who works at a pizza restaurant, that's enough to shut the entire system down. And they're saying it's his fault. No, 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 Mr. Government. It's your fault. The entire state's economy should not rest on the testimony of one guy who works at a pizza shop ever. Never. That should never be the case. Oh, it's beautiful. Like I said, peak 2020. Old one lie, and it plunged our entire city and the whole state into lockdown. No, the lie didn't plunge the whole city and the state into lockdown. The government did. See how they keep doing this? Coronavirus has caused economic destruction. No, government shutting economies down has caused economic destruction. The virus, the virus isn't arresting people. The virus isn't chaining up businesses' front doors, right? You are. Based because one guy lied to the government, our economy was shut down. No, no, no. Your economy was shut down because the government shut it down because of what somebody who worked at a pizza shop said. There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> exactly. Marcus Flembray, you did this, part-time pizza worker. It's all your fault. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. Um, had this person been truthful to the contact tracing teams, uh, we would not have gone into a six-day lockdown. To say that I am fuming about the actions... I'm, of I'm fuming! I'm furious! This is the Premier, which is kind of like our governor. This is the Premier of South Australia. Imagine, imagine where we are. 
Think about what's happening around you, ladies and gentlemen. Peak 2020, we have the elected leader of an entire fucking state giving press conferences, pointing out, <laughs> pointing the finger at part-time pizza workers and blaming them for the decisions that the government themselves take. It's incredible. And people are, people are more than happy to go along with this. Yeah, fuck him. Let's chase him into the cornfield. ...of this individual is an absolute understatement. Authorities say the <laughs> lockdown that's forced people into their homes yeah. and cost business millions was triggered by one person's deception. His actions have affected businesses, individuals... No, 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 your actions! Your actions affected businesses. Your actions affected individuals. Unless there has been some rewriting of the Australian Constitution whereby we are now ruled by part-time pizza workers instead of elected government officials. Unless that's happened, which it could have done. I'm not saying it hasn't. But maybe the rules of the system have been changed. Maybe now the person responsible for telling businesses that they need to close their doors is not actually the government of the day, but in fact, a part-time guy who makes pepperoni on a Friday night. Maybe that's the rule now. Who knew? <laughs> Fuck a duck. <laughs> these people live, these people live to absolve themselves from responsibility any way they can get family groups and is completely and utterly unacceptable. Here's what happened. <laughs> experts what happened. investigating. Give us with experts. <laughs> the experts. Oh, what a time for the experts to pop their heads up, huh? The Parafield cluster already knew three people had been infected with COVID-19 uh -huh. at the Peppers Medi Hotel. Yeah. One of them... A Free speech warrior with the diamond, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Security guard who also worked at the Woodville Pizza Bar. Okay. He worked there alongside another man who was then infected. Oh, my. I swear, double four, double three with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, Rusty. Uh, follow the Iceman, by the way, dlive.tv slash Iceman double four, double three. But that man was the liar. He told contact tracers he had no connection to the pizza business other than having ordered a food delivery, uh -huh. when in fact he'd been a regular worker. <sighs> this may be way out of line. All right, I might be well off track here, but correct me if I'm wrong. How about this? Just an idea, just an idea I've been mulling over over the last couple of hours. Could it possibly be, now again, I could be way off here, so feel free to correct me. Could it possibly be that in an environment of, you know, hyper-awareness, to the point where an entire state, a government feels like it's right to lock down their entire state based on the fact that three people catch an infection, okay? Could it possibly be in this hyper-aware environment that people who work low-paying jobs on which they rely to make money in order to pay for things in their own life, like, say, rent or what have you, could it possibly be that knowing the ramifications of being, of being placed in a government system of people who have been 
you know, contracted coronavirus and therefore are not allowed to leave their home and whatnot, have the police knocking on your door every day. Do you think it could possibly be because of that threat looming large on the horizon that people are going to be less honest with the government when asked if they have COVID? Do you think that's possible? Just an idea. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of somebody who works like a a low-paying job at a pizza place. If he comes out and says, yes, yes, I was working there, then all of a sudden, sorry, you have to go home. The police are going to check in on you every day. You're not allowed to go to work. Oh, shit, but I need this job. Too bad, citizen. Now, if that's the environment that we're in, why do people assume that everyone is going to tell the truth? Because you have incentivized dishonesty now. Thank you for keeping me safe, Peter, man. <laughs> you have incentivized dishonesty. Because people know if they, if they end up on the government register and they end up on the government system, that their life can be thrown, you know, a, a spanner can be thrown into the works for them. Their life can become far more difficult. So to act like, oh my God, this this huge surprise, oh, this person lied to us, how dare he? It's his fault that we locked down the economy. It's his fault that we shut down all the businesses. Wow, you're really making it so that other people are more likely to come forward, aren't you? The fact that you're calling press conferences to point the finger at this guy, to lambast him, to tear shreds off him, to blame him for all of your decision-making. Wow. People, I guess people are going to be lining up now to self-report. Good job. Thank you for keeping me safe, government. Thank you so much. <laughs> we don't yet know why he lied, but what we do know is the chaos it caused as health experts grappled with the possibility hundreds of pizza bar customers could have also been infected. And to make matters worse, the liar also worked at another Medi hotel. The liar. <laughs> He's just the liar now. His lie cost us millions. Again, no, the government did. The government locked down. He didn't do it. You did. You decided to do it. The Stanford Plaza. Despite the dire consequences of his actions, the lying worker can't be punished because he didn't break any laws. (laughs) Oh, no. He should be drawn and quartered. It's all his fault. They should make an example out of him, surely. He didn't break it. <laughs> it's I know, right? It's almost as if it's almost as if this entire system is flimsy. <laughs> I trust the I trust the science. I believe we're doing the right thing. Thank you for keeping me safe. I mean, in their effort to in their effort to put this guy up as like some kind of hate figure. And again, his motivations for what he did are his own, but again, I suspect that in this environment, it doesn't surprise me that people aren't being honest with the authorities because look what happens when they are honest with the authorities. 
You know, they basically get placed under house arrest. So I, I'm not surprised that people aren't being honest. Why would you expect them to be? But anyway, putting that to one side. In their effort to hold this guy up as the scapegoat, the reason why millions of dollars were lost locking down a state prematurely, they have actually exposed the flimsiness of this whole charade. They have exposed just how shitty the system is. You know the system that they say, just trust us, trust the science, we know what we're doing, all of that stuff? If it can all be thrown into chaos based on one guy saying that he didn't work at a pizza place, then really, what kind of a system is it? How strong can it possibly be, right? No, 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 no. The system... The system works perfectly well as long as everybody always tells the truth. <laughs> sure. System's based on truth and honesty. <laughs> oh, boy. Peak 2020. I love this. There is no uh, penalty for failing to truthfully answer those questions. Oh, there is simply no mechanism for us to actually take any further action. Something the Premier is looking to change urgently. Oh. This is a real priority. We need to send a strong message to people that are doing the wrong thing and putting the South Australian public uh, into such a difficult situation. I think it's stating the obvious to say that uh, this person's actions has had a devastating impact on our community. <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> Your actions did it! You are the ones that lock down an entire state based on the word of a guy who works at a fucking pizza shop. His actions caused this. No, no, your actions caused it. You are literally the ones who said, shut it down. Nobody else did that. Nobody else did. The pizza guy didn't say shut down the economy. You did. So it's not against the law to not be honest with people when they ask where you work. Apparently now they want to change that. <laughs> we need we need a strong response. <laughs> no, no, I think I think strong responses and strong messages is what got you into this problem in the first place. Wow. Bizarre, huh? Uh, in the very short space of time that we've been locked down already, we've uh -huh. seen significant hardship. As our leaders oh. revealed the... <laughs> now they care about hardship. You see... <laughs> because they need to blame this pizza worker, all of a sudden now they care about people going broke. They care about people losing their businesses, right? Before this pizza worker story surfaced, they didn't give a fuck. In fact, it was worse than that. Before this pizza story, uh, pizza story surfaced, they would say to people who were, you know, sceptical of lockdowns, hey, don't be so selfish. What are you so selfish for? You're killing people. Don't be selfish. Everybody needs to be responsible. Follow the fucking rules or we'll lock you up. Right? But now... Because, again, one pizza worker was like, actually, I worked at the pizza place, so the lockdown isn't necessary. Now, all of a sudden, oh, my God, you ruined businesses. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you ever get the feeling like they're just kind of making this up as they go along? Do you ever get that feeling? 
strange, isn't it? Uncomfortable truth, they immediately released some restrictions, telling <laughs> some, people it was some. okay to go out for exercise hey, as a family. Hey. And the lockdown will be lifted at midnight tomorrow, three days early. But SA's <laughs> COVID challenge remains. The Parafield cluster keeps growing. Cluster. Three new cases found, one of them wow, an three. aged care worker. Yeah. And there will be new cases coming. But uh-huh. there's now optimism the cluster has been contained. 2020, ladies and gentlemen. 2020. There you have it. So that's what's happening down here in the great nation of Australia. Let's get to our main item tonight. Entitled, What Tucker Did. Now, I watched this last night and I watched it again this morning after I slept on it and came back. And I'm I'm almost certain that this is going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be one of those segments where a whole bunch of people who previously liked me determine that I am in fact a traitor and somebody who is to be hated on the internet. I'm I'm well prepared for that. In fact, it wouldn't feel like a daily boogie unless that was looming as a possibility. <laughs> so, with that in mind, brace yourselves, citizens, because it's likely that I'll say something you don't like in the next little while. So I hope you're prepared for it. So let's have a look, ladies and gentlemen, at what Tucker did. Now, He's been accused of all sorts of things, and we'll go through all of the accusations. But let's have a look at the segment itself. Let's see what was actually so egregious and so awful and so terrible about what Tucker Carlson did on his show last night. Let's have a look. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Rudy Giuliani and a number of the president's other lawyers held a press conference today on the topic of voter fraud. If you didn't actually see it, you've probably heard about it by now. Giuliani, along with the former federal prosecutor called Sidney Powell and a number of others, alleged that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. No lies yet. Winning TV with the diamond. I did it today and enjoyed the ramifications. (laughs) I don't know about you. I've already lost, I think I lost like a dozen Twitter followers, which isn't a lot, granted. I lost like a dozen Twitter followers the, after the first tweet, like where I just wrote Tucker did nothing wrong within five minutes. At least a dozen people were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> they, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> Carry on. Straight that they exhibited some of what they found after two weeks of investigating. Uh-huh. The presentation went on for 90 minutes yep. with many different threads, which we'll tell you about in a moment. Okay. How you viewed it depended largely on who you voted for. Yep. Trump voters seemed hopeful that it might change the election results. The left, and virtually every single person in all of the news media, immediately dismissed it as an embarrassing clown show as well as a threat to the republic. The very same people who swore that Vladimir Putin's agents controlled the U.S. government called it a conspiracy theory. Of course they didn't. We'll have more on that in a minute. But first and more important, there is another way to look at what we saw this afternoon. And you don't have to be a partisan or even interested in the election to understand it. Mm -hmm. A lot of Americans believe this election was rigged. They're not saying that because they're crazy. They're not just saying it because they're mad. They mean it. And that's a potentially fatal problem for this country. See, people were referring to this and saying things like, he was snooty, he's snarky. Let's be honest, Tucker is snarky most of the time. This is the least snarky I've seen him. By far. And at this point so far, he hasn't said anything wrong. He hasn't said anything that was a lie. 
right? So already, though, people are like, oh, he believes. What does he say? People believe there was fraud. There was fraud. It's like, yes, but that's up for you to decide. Him saying that people believe there was fraud is not wrong. People do believe there was fraud. And I'm not even... I I think the problem here is the hyper-emotional state that people find themselves in right now. Everything is magnified. Everything is amped up. Everything is ramped up. Like, I saw people tweeting out things like, I'm on Team Sydney Powell. Fuck Tucker Carlson. It's like, what, there's teams now? The lawyer has a team? (laughs) I'm on Team Powell. What the fuck are you talking about? You you don't vote for the lawyer. (laughs) It's just bizarre to me. It's tough. Just relax. Just relax. Try not to be so emotionally invested in these things. Let's carry on. Elections aren't merely, quote, central to democracy. Elections are democracy. Voting is the way the public expresses its will. It's all people have. If elections don't work, our entire system doesn't work. Uh Everything in this country depends on fair elections. And it's obvious even now that we don't have them. When access to basic information... See, I mean, if people could drop their rage for just a moment, they'll see that the point that he's making actually backs you up. Like, that point that he just made right there is actually beneficial to you. You know, if you're somebody who's like, fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck him, he threw Sidney Powell under the blast, blah, 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 blah. Fine, but you just have to ignore everything else he said. (laughs) Which, again, happens. And I've long lost the urge to, like, approach things as reason. You can come up with the most, uh, you know, logically sound, you know, generous, uh, compassionate argument understanding, reasonable, and present it to somebody, they can pick out one sentence of what... It's happened to me. I know what, what he's what he's going through. On a, It's happening to him on a much bigger scale, but it's happened to me many times. You can present a you know an argument that Aristotle himself would be proud of, but people will pick out one sentence or one line from your argument and then base every other assumption they have off that one thing and completely ignore everything else. Jim Enwood, stop punching right, books. (laughs) You see my point, right? Now, there's two things. If you're new to this program, there's two things that you have to understand about this show and me as a person, right? One is I love outrage. I love it. I feed on outrage. I don't even particularly care if the outrage comes from the left or the right. So that's number one. Number two is I have a tendency... There is something in my being where if I see a whole bunch of people getting really upset about something that I don't think is a big deal, I am compelled to poke them with a stick. I can't help myself. I must do it. I'm sorry, but I have to do this. (laughs) Because a whole bunch of people are really angry about this and I don't think that it's really anything to be angry about. Therefore, I have to poke fun at it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hope you understand. And next episode, we'll go back to making fun of libtards and all of that stuff. And everything will be fine. 
Next, I, I guarantee you, next, you know, next episode of Tucker Carlson, he'll say something that everybody obviously agrees with, and then they'll say, "Oh, he's back! He's back! Team Tucker is back again!" Right? So, if you know these two things about me, you should be well prepared for tonight's show. And it's obvious even now that we don't have them. Uh huh. When access to basic information is restricted and weaponized by a partisan billionaire class, yeah. and it is, uh -huh. you can't have a fair election. By definition, it is not possible. Google and Facebook are far greater threats to our system than Russia has ever been, and we need to fix that immediately. I, I'm still waiting for the part that's wrong. Exactly, Randy in the chat. Equal outrage opportunist. That's a great way of putting it. Thank you. <laughs> in the meantime, though, the voting itself, which was the topic of today's okay. press conference. Let's assess what the president's lawyers said about it today. Their allegations matter regardless of what the eventual outcome is. Rudy I mean, did you hear that? You know, here's just an Let me show you an example here. Someone on Twitter, I don't know. They've got a bunch of followers, like 700,000 or something. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Apparently, he's a big deal on Twitter. <clears throat> Tucker Carlson just cooked his goose by going after Sydney Powell. Sydney is we the people's lawyer now. <laughs> we the people's lawyer? <laughs> I mean, we're a long way from Paul fucking Revere here, aren't we? Honestly. Honestly. Come on. Lawyer worship? Lawyer worship should concern everybody. I'm sorry regardless of which side the lawyer is on. What, we're white knighting for lawyers now? I don't, I don't know if you know this about lawyers, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but lawyers can be pretty slimy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> lawyers can be shitty people from time to time. Doesn't mean they're all shitty people. Doesn't mean they're shitty all the time. But we definitely know, just like everybody else, lawyers can be shitty. So exactly, follow you. How do you get that rank? We the people's lawyer. <laughs> it's bizarre. It is bizarre to me, honestly. And again, this is why I have to poke it with a stick because I find it so silly. <laughs> Let's carry on here with Tucker. I'll go through some of the responses. You're gonna love it. Giuliani began by saying the Democrats stole the election and they did it with a coordinated fraud in mm -hmm. a number of states. Yeah. Giuliani I've got to be honest here. Um, I thought that was dumb. You know why I think it's dumb to say that it was a coordinated effort? Even if it is a coordinated effort, right? Even if it is a coordinated effort. Even if you have the evidence that it's a coordinated effort. You know why it's dumb to say it's a coordinated effort? Because it instantly becomes 100,000 times harder to prove. Because now you have to prove the coordination. It would be much it would be much easier, it'd be far easier to just focus in on individual cases. Because like we said on Monday, there doesn't have to be a coordinated effort in order for there to be fraud. We mocked Brian Stelter for saying it was a coordinated effort, for people are stupid for believing it's a coordinated effort. You know why? Because individuals working in a system or groups of individuals working in a system do not need, you know, to get orders from central command in order to fuck said system up. That, that dynamic doesn't have to exist. Uh, See, so Lily in the chat, wondering why Tucker didn't go after Hunter and Joe Biden. 
Tucker spent the last month going after Hunter and Joe Biden. I mean, you can't be serious, right? He was talking about the laptop. He was talking about Hunter being compromised by China. He he went far harder on Hunter and Joe Biden than just about anybody else. So this is my point, right? You can say you can say 100 things that people agree with, yep, fine, fine, fine. And the first time that you break from what they want to hear, then all of a sudden, oh, he's never been on our side. <laughs> but the, the side mentality is the problem in the first place. Let's carry on. Giuliani did not conclusively prove that, as every newsreader on television promptly informed you. But he did raise legitimate questions. And in some cases, he pointed to what appeared to be real wrongdoing. At one point, Giuliani held up an affidavit from a worker from the city of Detroit uh-huh. called Jesse Jacob. The aff- I mean, just even that alone. I've said the exact same thing on this show, right? People are right to be sceptical. I think my exact words were people are right to be sceptical because there are so many anomalies in different races, right? You know, we, we highlighted one in Georgia, for example, what, two weeks ago on the show. We broke it down, how the numbers changed, how one single county was allowed to count overnight and no other counties counted. And then based on that one county, the results flipped from uh, Trump to Biden. And I said, you know, if, if a good, there may be a good explanation for this, but if a good explanation doesn't come out, then people are right to be skeptical about it. Now, he's basically just saying the same thing in a different way. You are right to be skeptical about it, but at the same time, it's very, very difficult to prove. Nobody's denying that it's difficult to prove. Uh, Michelle in the chat says, why would Sydney tell the world what she has? She doesn't have to. That's the point. She doesn't have to tell him anything. But people are angry that he asked. So, you know, I've, I've said the same thing. Um... Here's basically where I'm standing on this. He was right to ask and he was right to say what he said and she was right not to not to do anything. And the thing is here, the outrage is just dumbfounding to me. Why is everybody so upset by this? He's a talk show host. He's supposed to ask questions. <laughs> That's his fucking job. And she's well within her right to say, no, I, I don't think, you know, I, I'm going to present it in court. I don't have to present it on the media. Fine. Fine. The affidavit, David, alleges fraud in Detroit's polling places. Uh-huh. Here's part of Giuliani's explanation. She was assigned to uh, voting duties in September, and she was trained by the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. She was basically trained to cheat. She said that um, I was instructed by my su- supervisor to adjust the mailing date of these absentee ballot packages to be dated earlier than when they were actually sent in. The supervisor made that announcement for all workers to engage in that fraudulent practice. That's not me saying that. That's this American citizen saying that under okay. oath. Okay. The city of Detroit has denied that specific allegation, surprisingly or not. But what Rudy Giuliani said is correct. This is the sworn statement of an American citizen, apparently an eyewitness to it, 
made under oath under the penalty of perjury. So you yep. cannot dismiss it out of hand. Like Again, I don't see why people are upset by this. He's, he's saying the same thing. This is an affidavit under threat of perjury. So you shouldn't dismiss it out of hand. Like if you actually take a step back and don't get emotional about it, this is more a monologue. This is more a critique about why people distrust the system, right? Because, like he said in the opening, people are just jumping in. People are ignoring what uh, Giuliani presented there and instead saying, well, he's a Russian plant, right? And he's right. I mean, if you want an example, here's, here's, what, here's what the rest of the media is doing. All right, have a look at this. The president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> held a press conference today, continuing to stick to his unfounded claims that there was <laughs> massive voter fraud in the election. Uh, but there's a good chance people had trouble focusing on what he was saying, thanks to something black dripping down both sides of his face. Uh, this is the alternative. This is the alternative. And people like Tucker, Tucker threw Trump under the bus. Tucker sold his soul. <laughs> no, this is what this is what terrible journalism looks like. This is what terrible reporting looks like. This, on the other hand, it earlier than when they were actually sent in. The supervisor made that announcement for all workers to engage in that fraudulent practice. That's not me saying that. That's just American citizens saying that okay. under oath. Yep. The city of Detroit has denied that specific allegation, surprisingly or not. Yep. But what Rudy Giuliani said is correct. This is the sworn statement of an American citizen, apparently an eyewitness to it, made under oath under the penalty of perjury. So you cannot dismiss it out of hand. Okay, do we see the difference here in the two approaches? Do we see the difference there? Is that is it fair to say that <laughs> is it fair to say that he's taking a different approach here than look at Rudy Giuliani's melting hair dye? Jacob goes on to say that her supervisor told her not to check the photo IDs of voters when they arrived. She says she saw city employees coaching voters on who to vote for, as well as voters voting more than once. The other thing that is starting to um it, 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 that's the thing that's starting to present itself is this situation you have where people are like, the affidavit is evidence. That's not really the way it works. Affidavits are used to corroborate evidence, right? That's why that's why it's so difficult to prove murder when you can't find a body. You can have a witness saying, I saw that guy kill the other guy. But unless you can prov provide the body and, you know, the murder weapon and all of that stuff, it's very, very difficult to prove just going off somebody's word. There is nothing wrong with pointing out that fucking obvious reality. Yes, an affidavit was signed by somebody who claims that they saw something under threat of perjury, so it shouldn't be dismissed out of hand. All That is totally 100% accurate. That's not the same thing as saying this affidavit proves that the thing happened. It's not. I'm sorry. But now just merely pointing that out is enough to get you lamb. Oh, you traitor. You awful. You don't believe. How dare you, right? Exactly. Kitty in the chat. Affidavit is a sworn statement. It is not really evidence. It's used to back up evidence, right? It's used to corroborate evidence. 
I mean, I said the same thing on Monday on this show and people agreed with me where I said, you can say that the software was used to flip votes from one candidate to another. You can say that. You can have an affidavit as a witness. Somebody said the software was designed to flip votes. But I imagine it's a very it's a very different thing from actually proving that the votes were flipped, right? You still you just all you have is somebody saying that something happened. It's not the same thing as having the evidence of somebody say, uh, of the thing happening, right? Now again, people are like, "Well, she doesn't have to present her evidence to Tucker." Exactly, she doesn't. And he was merely pointing out that she didn't. <laughs> Which is why I find this so bizarre. Is any of that provable? Is it true? Well, we should find out, and not because okay. Michigan is a swing state. Voter fraud is a direct attack on our democracy. But the media don't want to know. They're not interested. If you watch the cover... Again, I think this is more about... This is more about... See, he's attacking the media here. He's not attacking you. He's not attacking them. He's not... People are like, he bashed Sydney Powell. He bashed Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. He's bashing the media. If you actually listen to it. But I, I, again, I think this is a symptom of like a, a hyper emotional state that people are in now. Where, you know, anything other than just 100% compliance to the talking points is enough to get you, you know, drawn and quartered and chased off into the cornfield. That's a problem. I mean, it's not a problem for me because, like I said, I feed on outrage. I love this stuff. And I will continue to poke the bear with a big stick when I see fit. But you're always going to be disappointed if you put 100% faith in people. Always. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm sorry if that's news to you. Coverage After the press conference today, you saw credentialed reporters, some of whom we know and like, actually, refuse even to acknowledge it. No mention whatsoever of the contents of what they described as, quote, what he says are true. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. We hate lists, but now he is on a list. Irony. <laughs> and Lady of Dip, uh, Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Vantage with steals the diamond, Gypsy. Compliance is MAGA. Yes. Sworn affidavits. You got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. That looks like MAGA to me. What he says? Well, why don't you check? Giuliani says that this affidavit from Detroit has been made public, but they can't be bothered to check. Instead, they launch into editorials about how dishonest and crazy Rudy Giuliani is, yep. as if their job was to rebut Rudy Giuliani. Exactly. But that's not their job. Their job is to explain what just happened, mm -hmm. preferably with some detail so that viewers at home can make up their mind. There you go. They didn't do that. Again, nothing wrong. He's attacking the rest of the media for taking the easy pot shots at Giuliani and not addressing the issue, which is something that all of us have been saying for years. Right? At the attack the source logical fallacy. Again, we discussed it on fucking Monday when we played a clip, a clip of Brian, a crip of Brian Stelter. Stop, nigga. <laughs> Brian Stelter, crip. Uh, a clip of Brian Stelter doing the exact same thing, just ignoring what's actually said, ignoring the accusation being made, and instead focusing in on, well, you can't trust this guy. He's a Russian plant. That's a logical fallacy. It's all about the details. Now, if you want to choose, if you choose to believe something before you've seen the evidence for it, by all means, go ahead. 
fine. But that's not an argument. You understand that that's not an argument, right? Do you understand that you can't expect everybody to believe you because you believe that the evidence is there, but nobody? it's just that nobody's seen it yet, right? Which is fine. You can believe that. You know, my basic position on this is if there's Ring evidence... Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. One, thank you for the sub. One step too far. My basic position is if there's evidence, then you'll see it in court. And if there isn't, then you won't. There's a timeline here, right? You're talking in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, all will be revealed or it won't. And no amount of chest beating and outrage and anger and we need to cancel people and fuck him and he's a traitor and fuck you and you need to believe this and why don't you believe she doesn't have to do anything? Why didn't he do that? None of that changes anything. Right? <laughs> Either there's evidence to overturn the election, which will be shown in court, or there isn't. All he did was say, hey, can we get some of that? And she said, no. End of story. <laughs> oh, he, he threw her under the bus. One step too far with the diamond. Thank you for not being fucking brain dead. Well, not yet, because it's, it is before lunchtime here, but I hope to be brain dead around 6 p.m. tonight. Behavior like this does not help anyone. It diminishes the news media's tiny remaining reserve. Exactly. Of, of course it does. Ambelina with the diamond. Tucker has zero fucks to give, and rightly so. Rightly so. It's it, like it's not Tucker Carlson's job to. It's not Tucker T Carlson's job to make Donald Trump fans feel better, right? It's not my job to make you feel better. It's his show and it's his job to present things as he sees them. You know, when people come out and say things like, oh, he's a traitor now, he's a traitor. I, I'm sorry, at what point did he say that he was on your team in the first place? In order to be a traitor, you must first be part of the team. And if the team mentality is you have to go along with everything we say, otherwise you're a traitor, I don't want to be on the fucking team either. Sorry. Right? Like it's like I said, it's happened to me before, just on a much smaller scale. I'm no fuck I'm no Tucker Carlson, but the same thing's happened to me. Hey Boogs, you're great. We love you. We love your show. Thank you for what you do. Yeah, no worries, man. And then the first time you say something that people don't like, oh fuck this communist trading trader scum. <laughs> he was playing us all along. And it's like, well, I don't want to be on that team. I'm sorry. If that's what the team is, to me, that's no different to the SJW outrage campaigns. You know how people on the left, you know how you get people on the left doing podcasts and doing videos and on Twitter and stuff who say, I was a liberal for 20 years. I've been a devout liberal. But then when they started talking about children being, uh, you know, transitioning their genders and stuff, I thought that was going a little bit too far. And then all of my liberal friends called me a bigot. The same thing is happening on the right. The same thing. There are people right now who are going through this experience. Oh, I was a Donald Trump supporter for the last five years, but then I started questioning aspects of the Sidney Powell case and all of a sudden, all of my friends hate me now. It's no different. And if that's what you want, then fine. I don't even care. 
But Christ almighty, it makes me laugh. It's so silly. It's so silly. <laughs> it's happening to you right now, Gary Vance in the chat. It certainly doesn't inform the public. On some channels, of course, informing the public is last on the list of concerns. Watch one of the most reckless people on television. Go back to the Putin well and accuse Giuliani yet again. <laughs> again, like I said, this monologue was more about how the media has perpetuated distrust with their terrible reporting of things. But for some reason, in the minds of a lot of people, the story became... This is this monologue is about throwing Sidney Powell under the bus. He's actually defending them here. And I mean, again, when you're hyper-emotional about this stuff, it's easy to miss these things. Because people will pick up on one line that you said or one thing that you said. And that becomes, you know, the whole basis of their opinion of you. You could have said 5,000 other things that were accurate and correct that they agree with, and it doesn't matter. You say that one thing, you go out of line. I was a liberal for 20 years, but then I discovered that they want kids to transition their genders and now everybody hates me. <laughs> Same thing. Of being a puppet of Russia. Quick reminder, Rudy Giuliani now at the helm of Donald Trump's election delegitimization effort. <laughs> the election delegitimization effort. <laughs> oh, MSNBC, don't change. Again, that's called editorialising. That's not honest journalism. And he's pointing that out, that it's not honest. You can say that uh, Rudy Giuliani is at the head of the, I don't know, of the, is at the head of the legal team seeking to challenge the election. That would be an accurate adult way of saying it. That's the way I would say it. Because I'm being adult and accurate. If I was being a propagandist, a shameless propagandist, I would say the man at the head of the election delegitimization effort. That would be the unfair way to describe it. That would be the dishonest way to describe it, which he's pointing out. Was singled out by U.S. intelligence agencies last year as the target of a likely Russian disinformation effort. And earlier today, he held a wild news conference. Wow, it was it was wild. <laughs> oh man, it was a wild press conference. There was cocaine and girls in bikinis. People were hanging off the chandeliers. It was wild, man. One guy was eating the wallpaper. It was wild. Somebody took a shit in the kitchen sink. I tell you what. I tell you what, boy, howdy, it was a wild presser. Falsehoods on voter fraud. Russian disinformation. Sometimes you wonder <laughs> if there's anything the Democrats don't like in America. Free speech warrior with the diamond. I have nothing clever to say. Well, that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. It reflux to termite <laughs> that they won't blame on Russia. At some point, maybe five years from now, when we all wake up from this stupor, a lot of people are going to be deep. That's where I, that's that. That's the first thing in this report that I think Tucker has gotten wrong. In five years from now, when we maybe wake up from this stupor, I, I used to think that there was peak insanity. I used to think that as a natural, you know, as a natural uh, symptom of collecting insanity, that eventually it would get to a tipping point. And people start to jump off the insanity bandwagon because it just gets more extreme, more extreme, more extreme, more extreme, more extreme, right? 
So inevitably, the people who get off as it gets more extreme will eventually outnumber the insane people. The sane people will outnumber the sane. Insane. But that was wrong. I put my hand on my heart. I completely got that wrong. There is no peak insanity. What really happens is people get off the insane ladder at a certain rung, but they stay there. So they might be just a little bit less insane than the people above them, but they're still insane. And they will continue to be insane. Probably until their dying breath. And a whole bunch of people will just stay climbing the insanity ladder for as long as they possibly can before they either die themselves or they're pushed off by people who are even more insane than them. But they don't fall all the way to the bottom of the ladder and, you know, slap the concrete and go, oh, well, I'm a normal person again now. No, no, no. They stay at their level of insanity. And then they claim that they're the normal ones because other people are more insane than them. So there is no peak insanity. It just keeps going endlessly into the future until the system crumbles in on itself. <laughs> happy, fr happy Friday. <laughs> deeply embarrassed by tape like that, so be sure to save it. In fact, there was nothing Russian about a lot of what Giuliani said today. Nope. He claimed that voters in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh were allowed to change their ballots after the fact, cure the ballots, as it's known, by the Democratic Secretary of State, and Republican counties were not. Yep. That's checkable. Mm-hmm. He said dozens of Republican voting inspectors in Pennsylvania weren't allowed near mail-in ballots and have signed affidavits saying so. That's another concrete, checkable claim. Yep. Giuliani said that mail-in votes are easier to falsify and harder to verify than traditional voting is. That's clearly true. Everyone knows it's true, and it's a major problem. Okay. Pretending otherwise is a lie. Still, still trying to find the bad part here. Still trying to see the bit that's wrong. And then Giuliani got to the way votes are counted. Uh -huh. In this country, the process is mostly electronic. Mm -hmm. Giuliani suggested that electronic vote counting is an invitation to fraud. And he's right. It is. That's why Canada, for example, doesn't do it. Yes. All of which brings us to the box. It's, 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 it's I've, I've been saying this for years. It's a strange situation where, you know, the United States brought democracy apparently to Iraq. And the Iraq elections are less prone to fraud than the United States ones are. I've been saying this for fucking 20 years. You know how they vote in Iraq? And like, 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 obviously I'm not pretending like, you know, threats of violence and terrorism and all of that stuff doesn't play a part. Of course it does. But I mean the actual logistical part of voting. You go into a polling booth in Iraq, you get your name signed off, and then you have to stick your finger into a little pot of ink right and that 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 shit sticks with you you could cut the skin off your finger and it would still be there for at least a day or two so yeah is it your thumb yeah it might be your finger or your thumb i don't know it's one it's one of your it's one of your uh you know extensions and so if you try to vote again the first the first thing they say to you when you go to a polling place is can i see your finger and if there's blue ink on it you can't vote it's end of story no electronic counting, right? No mail-in ballots, nothing like that. If you want to vote, you show up on the day and vote. Simple as that. And if you vote, you stick your finger in this pot of ink and you can only vote once because we're going to be checking everybody's finger. It's very basic and simple stuff. You know, the more the more complex you make it, it's, it's like the tax system. Voting is like the tax system. The tax system, it has been long argued that the tax system 
is, and I agree with it, that it's been long argued that the tax system is intentionally complicated in order to make it difficult for you to follow the rules, right? So in order to get away with paying the least amount of tax possible, you basically have to be uber rich already in the first place. And you can hire a team of accountants who do that job for you 24-7, 365. And that's the only way to beat the tax system. And it's designed that way so that only the richest people can beat the tax system. And I have a lot of sympathy with that view. Voting is the same. The more complex you make the process, inherently it becomes less transparent. And if it's less transparent, people will have less trust in the process. And if people have less trust in the process, then uh, people are not going to, you know, get on the same page. They're not going to be on the same team. This is just a natural breakdown. This is, this is how society breaks down in slow motion. You know, obviously this is a libertarian show with a libertarian tinge, clearly. So I would say it's your job not to trust what government says ever at any time. You're supposed to be skeptical. You're supposed to be vigilant. The first time that you put all of your faith into some, you know, elected official, that's when you're that's when you're doing democracy wrong. You're giving up on what it's supposed to be. You're fucking the system up. You're supposed to be 100% skeptical at all times. I've I I tweeted this out last week. You know, people make it their job to prove what politicians are saying is a lie. That's the wrong that's the wrong way to approach it. Don't make it your job to prove politicians are lying. Make it their job to prove to you that they're telling the truth. How about doing it that way? I don't have to I don't have to prove politicians are lying. I just assume that they are until they prove otherwise. And I'm sorry, that's the exact same way I'm going to deal with uh, people who make witness, you know, people who sign affidavits for the Democrat Party saying that Donald Trump is a Russian plant. I'm going to treat them the same way as people who sign affidavits saying the election was rigged, right? You know, the lawyers that they trotted out during the Trump impeachment who said Donald Trump was had a conversation with the Ukraine and what he really meant was this. I was like, no, I don't fucking believe it. You haven't proven to me that you're telling the truth yet. Remember all that? Remember that? We just went through it like two, two years ago. Remember all that? Well, now all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, people have fucking forgotten about all that. And now, just because it's something we like, people are like, well, you know what? Uh, a witness testimony is good enough. It wasn't good enough two years ago, was it? When it was going the other way. But now, apparently, it is. And that's something I can't be on board with. I'm sorry. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to say that a lawyer on TV claiming that something happened on, you know, the Democrat side to me is just as a lawyer claiming that something happened on the right to me is just as worthless unless proven otherwise as a lawyer claiming that something happened on the left. I'm sorry, because that's what lawyers do. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to get on this show because I'm not going to insult you like that. I I, I expect that you're here because I don't, you know, insult you like that. If you're here for something else, that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm not, you showed up here. I'm going to tell you what I think, honestly. I can't, I can't manage it. I can't manipulate it to try and suit you, right? That wouldn't be fair. I would feel dirty for doing that. 
I would feel like I'm, I'm doing you a disservice. So I don't. And I'm certainly not going to get on board with like hero worshipping fucking lawyers now. Absolutely never. No way. And I mean, like I said, in, in a couple of weeks time, this will all be over one way or the other. One way or another, it's this will be done and wrapped up. And evidence will either be presented or it won't. So all the questions, all of the um, outrage and fuck you and he's a traitor and stuff, it's all just white noise. You just relax. Bombshell at the center of today's press conference. That was delivered by former prosecutor Sidney Powell, who has also served as General Mike Flynn's lawyer. For more than a week, Powell has been all over conservative media with the following story. This election was stolen by a collection of international leftists mm -hmm. who manipulated vote tabulating software in uh -huh. order to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The other day on television, Powell said of Trump that when the fraud is finally uncovered, quote, I think we'll find he had at least 80 million votes. Okay. In other words, big claim. software. Like I said on Monday, it's a big claim. And of all, the, I, I, again, I said on Monday, of all the stories I've heard and paid attention to that people are saying is evidence of the election being stolen, and I'm not saying it wasn't stolen, but of all the stories, you know, people saying, uh, you know, this person set fire to ballots, this, this guy was counting ballots three at a time, all of those are not as convincing to me as the software angle. For me, that's the one that's got the most... It's the most fruitful avenue to pursue, right? Because we all know the issues with electronic tabulations. We all know that something like that can be easily manipulated. It's the most realistic one. It's the most obvious one. And I suspect if you can find a way to do it, it's probably the one you can prove more than my friend worked at a polling place and he saw this person giving a speech who said that you need to sign you need to count votes even though they shouldn't be counted. That All that stuff is incredibly difficult to prove. Nigh on impossible. But in the world of like electronic tabulation, there would be some kind of way, I suspect, keystrokes, right? You, you can never really truly delete everything. There would be some way of going into the system and finding that somebody went into this particular county or this particular state and grabbed these votes and then removed them. There would be a way of doing that, I suspect. If there isn't a way of doing it, then we'll find out in a couple of weeks, won't we? If there is a way of proving it, then they probably already have, and then we'll find that out in a couple of weeks too. <laughs> but that's always been the one that's the most convincing to me that there could be, but I, just like you, have not seen evidence, right? Because the same people who say, you know, she doesn't have to prove it on TV, they're 100% correct, but you don't know any better than I do. None of us have seen it. That's the whole point, right? None of us have actually seen the evidence. It doesn't mean that the... Me saying I haven't seen the evidence is not the same as me saying the evidence doesn't exist. And you saying you believe there is evidence is not the same thing as saying the evidence does exist either. Do you see my point? This is very basic stuff. See, I've been criticised by friends before. You know, you know, friends who, are, who watch this show 
And you know, we're friends. That's fine. But I've been criticized before by, you know, people saying things like, um, you have an atheistic approach to information, right? Like you don't believe something until it's absolutely, it cannot be disproven. And I'm always like, what's wrong with that? Why is that the wrong way to go about? I don't have to just believe things. I'm a, I'm a person just like anybody else. So here's the situation. A lawyer says they have evidence. I say, okay, that's great. I haven't seen it. People then accuse me of saying that evidence doesn't exist. It's not, it's not true. It's not accurate. You're being hyper-emotional. You're jumping to conclusions. Now, you saying you believe evidence exists, I don't have to believe you because you don't fucking know any better than I do if it does or not. You don't. You believe that you do, but you don't. You've seen the exact, you've seen the same amount of evidence that I've seen, and that's to say zero. And there's nothing wrong with saying so. There's nothing wrong with saying so. Like I said, don't make it your job to prove they're lying. Make it their job to prove to you that they're telling the truth and things will go a lot smoother. Stole about 7 million votes in this election. Here's some of what Powell said today about the software. One of its most characteristic features is, is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to probably. take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut. I mean, you know you know why, because I, I pointed it out, she said probably, right? You know why she said probably. She didn't say the system was used to flip votes uh, across the country. She, she said it probably was used. Do you know why lawyers do things like that? Because lawyers know that just believing something isn't good enough. Isn't good enough. You know, I'm, I'm going to steal a line from uh, Tom Cruise. Do you remember A Few Good Men? Do you remember a few good men? He's arguing with, uh, what's the name? Demi, Demi Moore. He's arguing with Demi Moore about, you know, did did Colonel Jessup, Jessup order the code red? And she's like, I believe that he did. I believe this. I believe that. And Tom Cruise's character has to say to her, I'm a fucking lawyer. It doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. <laughs> right? Remember that scene? One of the best scenes in the movie. It doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. That's that's the whole point here. That's the whole game here. And yes, she might prove it. She may prove it in court. Nobody's denying that. I hope she does just for the meltdowns, honestly. I hope that it happens. Winning TV, steal a line from me. I'm taller than him. Everybody's taller than Tom Cruise. That's not an achievement, Phil. <laughs> Foggy, the baseball bat made that scene. The bat that helps him think. <laughs> he holds it when he needs to think. It's a great movie. Have you ever received a blowjob from a commanding officer? 
So she might well prove it in court. Again, fine, great. I want it to happen because I think the meltdowns will be absolutely amazing. Don't you? But up until this point, it hasn't been proven. Therefore, it doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. Down in. That was a few hours ago, but Sydney Powell has been saying similar things for days. On Sunday night, we texted her after watching one of her segments. What Powell was describing would amount to the single greatest crime in American history. Uh -huh. Millions of votes stolen in a day. It certainly would. Democracy destroyed. The end of our centuries-old system of self-government. Not a small thing. Now, to be perfectly clear, we did not dismiss any of it. We don't dismiss anything anymore, particularly when it's related to technology. He didn't, he didn't say it wasn't true. He never once in this monologue said that what she is saying isn't true. People are acting like he did, though, because he didn't say it is true. You see my point here? Because he didn't say that it is true, therefore it's the same thing as saying it's not. This, this dichotomy now, everybody's locked in this constant battle of false choices, right? Of false dichotomies. Unless you say 100% that you agree with me, then you must be my enemy. And, you know, like I said, this has happened to me before. It's probably happening right now. People are saying, fuck this boogie guy. He's my enemy now because he doesn't agree with me 100%. That's fine. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I never really cared that much to begin with. But I care even less now. <laughs> but it's not me creating that environment. It's not Tucker creating that environment. Is it? Just pointing out the obvious reality that something is unproven until otherwise. Just pointing out the obvious reality that believing something is true is not valid until it can be proven to be true does not mean you're a traitor and an enemy of somebody. I thought that's what we want. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we've been asking for for the last four or five years? You know, in the aftermath of Russia, 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 didn't we say you can't prove it, therefore it's not true? A whole bunch of people believe that it's true and we mock them for it don't we? We mock them. We say, look at these idiots who believe in things that they can't prove. Ha ha ha. So silly. Russia, Russia, Russia. There they go with the conspiracy series again. And now again, on the other side, I believe she has the evidence. Great. Great. I haven't seen proof of it though. You haven't either. But you can believe it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. You need to believe in it. You need to believe the same thing I believe. Don't you ever get the feeling that you're being manipulated here? Like, to me, the stink is obvious of manipulation here. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the case and the evidence and all of that stuff. I'm talking about the positioning that you are being shoved into. You know, believe everything I say or else. We've just spent four years mocking people who do exactly that. And now I'm getting, you know, messages from people who are doing the exact same thing to me. Doing the same thing to Tucker Carlson. And, you know, I sit here and I go, hey, do you not see what's happening here? Do you not see the, the situation you're placing people in now? Whatever. We've talked to too many Silicon Valley whistleblowers. We've seen too much. 
After four years, this may be the single most open-minded show on television. We literally do UFO segments, not because we're crazy or had even been interested in the subject, but because there is evidence that UFOs are real and everyone lies about it. And see, now, this, for example, this was a fun one because I saw people on Twitter saying, he mentioned the UFO thing. He's equating the fraud case to UFOs like it's the same conspiracy. And I'm reading this and I'm, I'm obviously, you know, I'm cognizant of the fact that there are a lot of very dumb people on the internet because that's not what he was doing at all. <laughs> he was using an example to show that he doesn't dismiss things out of hand. It's not the same thing as saying the UFOs is the same conspiracy as the voter fraud thing. It's, it's, that's not, he wasn't equating two things at all. But people are very stupid. <laughs> so they'll hear, they, people hear what they want to hear. It's something I've learned after, what, four or five years of doing this, that people hear, people will hear you say something even when you don't say it. If that's what they think of you, if that's their belief of you, then they heard it. And there's nothing you can do to change their mind. So you may as well forge ahead. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way it goes. There's evidence that a lot of things that responsible people used to dismiss out of hand as ridiculous are in fact real. And we don't care who mocks it. The louder the Yale Political Science Department and the staff of the Atlantic Magazine scream, conspiracy theory, the more interested we tend to be. Yep. It's usually a sign you're over the target. A lot of people with impressive sounding credentials in this country are frauds. Yep. They have no idea what they're doing. Yep. They're children posing as authorities. And yep. when they're caught, they lie, and then they blame you for it. We see that every day. We just, we just did the story at the start of the show. The government in South Australia shutting down the whole economy and then blaming the guy who works at the pizza place for lying to them for it. They're the ones who shut down the economy. He didn't. It was their decision, not his. It's the central theme of this show and will continue to be. So that's a long way of saying we took Sidney Powell seriously. We had no intention of fighting with her. We've always respected her work. We simply okay. wanted to see the details. How could you not want to see them? Exactly. Every so we everybody wants to see them. <laughs> Everybody, I think we can all agree there. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to see the evidence. But again, just claiming that it exists, when you, if I say I don't believe it until I've seen it, that there's nothing wrong with saying that, by the way. If people are out there trying to tell you that there's something wrong with taking the position, I don't believe it until I've seen it, then you need to be very wary of these people. Sorry. You are well within your right to not believe something until you see it to be true. That is your right as a goddamn human being, for Christ's sake. If people are telling you you need to believe it just because, or you need to believe it because they really believe it, they're the kind of people that I'm sorry, I'm going to give a wide berth to. As Voltaire once said, people who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And I don't think that this is in the realm of atrocity just yet, but that's how it starts. Believe me because I say so. And if you don't, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shame you. <laughs> Sorry, you have as much evidence as I do. And that will be the case until such time as the evidence is forthcoming in a courtroom. But we aren't there yet. And when I see it, then I'll be like, well, good. It's great. It's good to see. But I'm not going to be on board with, 
you know, being, you know, harassed and corralled into believing something. Sorry. My first instinct in that moment is always going to be to push back and go, "Uh, well, now actually I'm less likely to believe it because you're so damn emotional about it. (laughs) Invited Sydney Powell on this show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her exactly Jim N word in the chat. I can see why if she has the evidence, she wouldn't turn it over to the media. I I agree 100%. 100%. I wouldn't either if I were her. I said the same thing on Monday because we were mocking CNN and stuff for saying we haven't seen the evidence. I'm like, well, the courtroom is the place for the evidence. But what you're about to see here is all Tucker Carlson did was say we asked for the details and she didn't give them to us. He didn't criticize her. He just he just gave her a compliment. He said, we've always respected her. All that happened here is a bunch of people who are really emotionally invested in this particular host saw he he asked for details. He didn't get them. He explained their interaction and that was it. And that was enough to people for people to say, oh, he's throwing her under the bus because he just didn't go along with Oh, there's evidence and we, there's evidence, I believe there's evidence and we will see it and it's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. Because he didn't do that, that's the same thing in some people's minds as going against what they believe in. But again, they've seen as much evidence as he has, (laughs) right? So, Actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests, not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either, okay. nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Okay. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right, we're with her there. Yep. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another. And she didn't. And the the funny thing here is for me, right? That's not to say that she doesn't have the evidence for it. <laughs> because people are people are now people are now approaching this with forked tongues, which is very amusing to me. Because on the one hand, people are saying, "No, no, she sent evidence. She sent an affidavit." And we've already been through the affidavit thing. But then the same people are also telling you that she doesn't she it's wrong to send evidence and not to it's wrong to send evidence and it should only be presented in a courtroom. So okay, which one is it? Did she send him evidence and he's lying about it? Or is it is she doing the right thing by not sending evidence and saving it for court? You can't it can't be both things. Can it? Be honest with yourself. So okay, so she sent evidence to Tucker Carlson and he's lying about it but at the same time she shouldn't send evidence to anyone she should save it for court it can't be both which one is it choose your choose your fighter which one do you want which one do you want and I'm not you know I'm not you know simping for Tucker or anything like that I'm not uh, going into bat for him I don't I'm not saying I even believe him like the story of how this interaction happened. I don't have to believe him. It's it's irrelevant to me. But I do find it strange that because this lawyer is saying what a lot of people want to hear, and I don't blame them for wanting to hear it, I do find it strange now that people are like, I, I'm on Team Pal. She told that she told Tucker this, and it's like, what? So we're just instantly believing lawyers now? <laughs> what 
Why are people in such a rush to believe everything a lawyer says since when has that been a thing? Lawyers lie for a living. <laughs> don't make it, don't try and prove the lawyer wrong. Make it their job to prove that they're telling the truth. And until such time as that happens, assume that they're lying. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a normal person. Not one. So why are we telling you this? We're telling you this because it's true. And in the end, that's all that matters, the truth. It's our only hope, it's our best defense. And it's how we're different from them. We care what's true, and we know you care too. That's why we told you. Maybe Sidney Powell will come forward soon with details on exactly how this happened and precisely who did it. Maybe she will, we are certainly hopeful okay. that she will. Again. Fine. What happened with the vote counting this month and at the polling places in Detroit and the polling places in Philadelphia and so much else actually matters. It matters no matter who you voted for. It matters whether or not you think this election is already over. Until we know the answers to those questions conclusively and we can agree on them, this country will not be united. I, I don't see what the problem is. I do not see what the problem is. Jennifer Briggs in the chat. He's implying she isn't providing evidence to the press because there is no evidence. I don't know about that. He said he asked for it and he didn't get it. I don't think he's implying anything other than the fact that he asked for it and didn't get it. I mean, you can draw your own conclusion. You can, you can, you know, from your perspective, say that there's like, you know, a subtext, there's an underlying implication that's being made here. I don't see it. And in fact, to be fair, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, I'm going to say that there is no evidence until I see it too. Right? Because that's the way evidence works. Evidence doesn't exist until it's presented. Jennifer Briggs saying the press has no right to the details of the case. Again, that's fine. But you have every right to ask for them, don't you? That's what you expect the press to do, don't you? Ask for things, ask for evidence, ask for explanations. They're allowed to do that. And she's within her right to not present it to them. Again. Yeah, again, like maybe Sydney will come forward. We certainly hope so. Don't you? Don't you hope so? <laughs> again, this is on a timeline. In two weeks, it'll either she'll either come forward in a courtroom and say, look, this is what I've had all along, or she won't. Believing it doesn't change anything. And people are, you know, people are well within their right to reserve the right to not believe a damn thing until it's proven otherwise. I don't have to believe that a lawyer has evidence if I haven't seen it. That's it's not my problem. It's their job to prove what they are saying. <clears throat> belief is belief in this shit is bullshit. It's their job to prove. And if they can't prove, then I don't believe. What's wrong with that? That's that's the standard that we would apply. Like I said, that's the standard that we've just applied for the last four years in regards to Russia and Ukraine and impeachment and accusations about Brett Kavanaugh, right? Right? Remember that? 
We've just gone through this for years. Hey, if you don't have the evidence, then I don't have to believe shit. Remember when people are saying believe all women? Well, now people are trying to do the thing, believe all lawyers. You have to believe the lawyer. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have to believe shit. They have to prove it. Otherwise, <clears throat> I guess she is a woman. So believe all women is back, maybe. As long as they've got a law degree, perhaps. Don't have to believe her. And you're right, she doesn't have to provide details to the media. Fair enough. Media is allowed to ask for them, though. And when he said, I hope she comes forward with, the tr with you know, the evidence, I do too, because the meltdowns will be amazing. But if she doesn't, I'm not going to be surprised because I didn't believe her in the first place, right? Why would I? Until I see the evidence, I'm not believing anything either. So... Uh, with that, you know what? We've we've blown right through the break. And, uh, you know, it's Friday. We may wrap it up early. So we'll leave that there. I've, I've blown a lot of time on that story. <laughs> but I, I, I just felt like it was worth talking about. I don't know. And like I said, I fully expect a whole bunch of people after the show to hate me now, <laughs> to call me a traitor and a communist, because I don't believe things just for the sake of believing them. So uh, that's the way I am. Sorry. And like I said, two things about me which you will have learnt by now is one, um, I love outrage. I feed on outrage. So wherever there is an outrage, I will make sure to, um, you know, grab my knife and fork, grab my eaten irons and a napkin, and I will eat until I'm full. And secondly, if I see a whole bunch of people getting really upset, because I don't think there's anything to be upset about in this Tucker Carlson monologue, nothing. I th and I thought we'd, we just broke it down there. It's perfectly reasonable. I don't see any hyperbole. I don't see any hatred. I don't see anything worthy of Thank you fucking traitor. See you, in hell. see you now. I don't see anything worthy of that. Right? I don't see anything worthy of the hate and, oh, fuck him. Like, look at some of these responses here. <laughs> so when I, again, that's the second thing, like I was saying. When I see a whole bunch of people getting really upset over something that I think is not worth getting upset over, I, I cannot help but poke it with a stick. I must do it. I'm compelled to do it. I'm sorry. It's in my nature. It's nothing personal. I just have to poke oh, it. look at me. I'm rambling again. <laughs> Politics aside. Okay. We got to body boogie for a bit to shake off these negative vibes. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've got Victor Von Shroom, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he's sent through another video. I, I imagine it's going to be another one where I have nothing to speak about. So thank you, Victor. Let's have a look here. Body Boogie from the award-winning CD, Get Funky and Musical Fun by The Learning Station. Victor, I like you. <laughs> Victor, I like you, but you are a very, very strange, <laughs> you are a very strange inverted Dutchman and you make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you get this stuff. Let's have a look. Very catchy.
Thank you for the video, Victor. <laughs> Victor Von Schroom, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash The Victor Show. Tim Young. So look at some of the responses here. Sydney Powell offered affidavits to Tucker Carlson explaining how Dominion switches votes and a witness to explain what happened. I'm now with everyone who was angry at him last night. His segment was whiny and cheap, knowing that she offered what she did. Because trust all lawyers, believe all lawyers, <laughs> believe all women. <laughs> he should save his energy for ripping Joe's team a new one. Trump's team isn't even getting coverage and they're getting phased out unconstitutionally before our eyes. So he should he should report on the news that we want him to report on. Otherwise, he's a traitor. Um, I don't know. I had a whole bunch of these. Evil hides in the dark. More people need to piss on an electric fence and get lit up. <laughs> uh, here's a good one. There's plenty of animals in the animal kingdom that practice cannibalism in dire times. <laughs> yeah, I am team Sydney Powell all day, every day. I'm on team lawyer now. Basically gave his viewers the heads up the other night that he sold his soul to stay at Fox. He will say what they tell him to say. And you'll believe what they tell you to believe, sir. Isn't that the darndest thing? There was one person who had a really, like, the, the most reasonable point here. I'm surprised that they haven't been, you know, chased off a cliff yet. Um, here you go. This one. He's an, I, I, I don't think it's any accident that the person is a Fight Club fan because this is the most reasonable response on this whole Twitter thing. His name was Robert Paulson is the Twitter name. <laughs> His name was Robert Paulson. If Sydney doesn't show convincing evidence, Tucker will look like a champ. If Sydney does show convincing evidence, Tucker will look like a damn simp. That's fine. All this hangs on what happens in the next two weeks. Tucker was right to ask for evidence. Sydney was right to withhold it. Where's the problem? Where's the problem with that? 100%. Tucker was right to ask for it. She was right not to give it. That doesn't mean that it does exist and it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's just a breakdown of what happened. But people jump to conclusions now. And that, like I said, is a problem. Uh, I'm going to finish the show, ladies and gentlemen, with this one item, which we may have to investigate in further detail. As you know, we've been covering toddles on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Toddles for president. Now, I got in touch with Kitty B, who is an absolute legend with sending links. And I asked her, because I haven't had time to look for Toddles, and I keep losing his page for some reason. I don't know if I've got a bad link or something. And I, I asked Kitty, has Toddles been doing anything after the election? Because, you know, he ran for president. We covered his election run here on this show. The Toddles 2020 stickers are in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> he's quite the character. And so I was curious if he's done anything since the election. And she said, yeah, he's been doing stuff. He's been doing uh, his usual... I've, I've checked now. He's been doing his usual, like, little bad little cooking videos and stuff. We may have to get Frozen Asian back on the show again to do another Toddles cooking video review. Radio. So we'll do that in the future, hopefully. But one of the more amazing things that's happened. Yeah, see, Kitty, he changes it up all the time. He likes to delete shit too. Yeah, you've got to be very quick with Toddles. Very quick. 
One of the more amazing things that's happened, and I had no idea about this, ladies and gentlemen, we've been covering Toddles for a long time, but somebody else has taken it to a new level. Somebody has, <laughs> Jennifer Briggs, I may get my mod status revoked for this. Oh, well, it was a fun three days. You're not going to get your mod status revoked for disagreeing with me, Jennifer Briggs. The cherry popper. You'll always be the cherry popper. I just think you're wrong on this occasion. I, as a, unlike the rest of the internet, it doesn't mean that I hate you now. <laughs> See, we don't do that shit here. People may hate me because I disagree with them and I have this opinion, this, this you know, archaic idea that evidence doesn't exist until it's proven to be evidence, right? This is silly thing, silly thing that I believe in holding to these kind of dinosaur-like standards of evidence. But, you know, because like somebody said to me once, you're too atheistic when it comes to these things. <laughs> and I'm not going to reveal their name because they'll be very embarrassed. But they know who they are who told me that I'm too atheistic and I should just believe things more often, <laughs> which, which is never going to fucking happen. <laughs> so a whole bunch of people hate me now because I don't just believe, but I don't hate you. I don't hate you. Because that's not how we roll here on this show. So anyway, back to the price of fish. So we've been covering Toddles. He's a very interesting character. And we may have to review this at some time in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Somebody has actually made a Toddles documentary. Believe it or not. Somebody has made a full-length Toddles documentary. And I'm so damn excited. <laughs> I haven't even watched it yet. I don't know if I want to watch a bit of it on the show. I wouldn't watch the whole thing because I'd want you to go and watch the documentary yourself and give the views to the person who made it. But I do have a trailer here, ladies and gentlemen. The trailer for the Doddle, the Toddles documentary. Yes. People are like, what? <laughs> yes. People have made a, a Toddles documentary. So let's watch the trailer. It's the Todd Weiss documentary trailer. It's only got like 500 views. So let me put the link in the chat for you. So you can share around the Toddles documentary trailer. Let's have a look. I haven't even watched the trailer yet. So I'm looking forward to this. Let's have a look. <laughs> I like it already. The music. The lowest life form on YouTube. Guy, if if you're the guy who made this um this trailer, you need to get in touch with me. I would do voiceover for you. I can do good I can do a good movie voiceover guy, you know? Coming this summer. <laughs> right? The lowest form of life on YouTube. In cinemas this fall. It's always the same kind of uh, husky guy doing these voiceovers. The lowest form of life on YouTube. <laughs> Self-admitted pedophile. It's very well done. Four months in the works. Todd Weiss documentary.
to the music. He's evil. <laughs> this is the stuff of nightmares in the chat. Best trailer of 2020. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. It's about to get lit. It's, it's been out since fucking July. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Ladies and gentlemen, the Todd Weiss documentary. Oh boy. Inception 2.0. <laughs> there you have it. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. I hope I upset a number of you tonight, and if not, I'll be bitterly disappointed. Uh, if you want evidence of my upsetting you, then go back and rewatch the replay. Of course, the evidence doesn't exist until you see it. So th thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to present me with your evidence, and you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow all of our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Irrational Times coming up later tonight. Coffee Talk with Sandra. Uh, UK Neil, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. The ROTC boys, Tip of the Hat, JJ Stoner. Uh, Victor Von Schroom, winning TV on Saturday night. Later on tonight, Joy of Pessy, ladies and gentlemen. Iceman, double four, double three. Major Tom, also on a Saturday night. And anyone else I may have forgotten. So until next time, stay calm, stay rash. Oh, of course, uh, Pirate Radio later tonight with At Real Person PLTCS. And anyone else I may have forgotten, until next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.